Hey everybody, I hope you and your loved ones are safe, happy and healthy. Before you listen to or watch the show, remember to subscribe and follow the Mortgage Broker Club on Facebook and LinkedIn to stay up to date with all the latest news and updates. Please note we are not a mortgage broker and do not lend money directly to clients. Remember a mortgage and or borrowing secured against your home or property can be repossessed if you do not keep up the mortgage repayments. The content of this show is for information purposes only and is not to be relied upon. Stay well and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Sean Rogers, and I am delighted to be joined on today's show by Brian Coulton, National Account Manager of Payment Shield. Brian, how are things? All good, thank you, Sean. Yourself? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, we're recording this just in the lead up to Christmas, and then we're releasing it in, in January. So Brian and I are feeling very festive, but with the amount of children we have between us, um, extremely stressed. <laughs> um, Brian, what's the best thing about your role and what is your least favourite? Um, I, th- I suppose the best the best part of the role is um, helping brokers and networks um, get their potential in GI and actually seeing that through to fruition. So seeing seeing a business actually improve the bottom line through, through the power of GI, um, it's really uh, good to get involved into the sort of sales process with the, the networks and also the the, the broker level um, and actually thinking about the future of that as well so where where can we take it in the future and what are the future developments and and that's really exciting sometimes in, in regards to you know seeing the light bulb moments switch on and then also not what are we going to do today but what can we develop this into over maybe a, a five-year plan and um, in regards to the least favorite Sean and um, it actually um, it, it's probably I, I am missing being out and about since the uh, the, the the pandemic, um, actually getting out and about and, and, and meeting people face to face. Although technology like we're on today is is, is proved uh, worthwhile, um, I still miss the sort of um, you know the the interaction, human interaction. I think, and that's not just a work thing. I think that's just a, a personal thing. Although one thing I must say is that I don't miss um, just sitting on the M6. I don't mind driving. It's just the actual sitting in the car that. That is a, a little bit of a challenge, but um, no, I mean overall the job, the job and, and the role is great, and it's something I've been doing for for a very long time, as you know. Yeah, and on, on that note, you've held a lot of executive positions and senior positions for a long time. How how do you find managing sort of your work and say personal life balance? Um, you know, does that come naturally to you, or is that something that you have to work on? You know, is there anything you specifically do to assist in those areas? Yeah, it's a good question, Sean. And, and actually, um, you know, it is something I have worked on. I think I've got a lot better at it. Um, I think, like many people in the industry, um, you start off with all best intentions. You're a young man living in a flat, as I was. Um, and then you fast forward sort of, you know, 10, 12 years, and, and there's three children and a, and a wife and a dog to, to consider in, in, in the uh, sort of great scheme of things. So, um, I think it's just making sure that um, you are available uh, on both sides of the coin, you, you know, and um, I remember one of my uh, old mentors, still as a mentor to me, um, who gave me a really great piece of advice, which was um, always be present. So wherever you are, make sure you're, you're present there. So if you're with your family, try and switch off the work mode. If you're at work, try and switch off the family mode. And I think that's the best bit of advice I've got, really. It's it's hard, it's harder to implement than say, um, 
as we know, we're all, all very busy. But I, you know, I think what you, what leads to you just constantly thinking about work is is burnout, and that's not good for anybody. So I think you do need those sort of times to recharge the battery, make sure that you you're connecting to the people that you love, um, and, and actually get you know that feeds you with energy then to go back into work and do a great job. Spot on. Yeah, it's difficult when you're doing everything from home as well, isn't it? I know I spoke with um, an NLP. I worked with an NLP coach a few years ago, a really top top guy in Formby, and he um, he recommended to a number of clients. I lived on the on the Wirral, so I had to go through the tunnel. So it was quite interesting. He used to do two things, which was um, which he'd recommend to people, especially if you had a tunnel or some kind of way home. So one of them was swiping your fast tag if you like to go through the toll booth. That was like the trigger for work stops. I now yeah. need to, for the remainder of the way home, prepare your brain for, okay, um, how do I want to be this evening with the things that are in my control? Because obviously, yeah. especially with young kids and stuff like that, not a lot's in your control probably. No, no, home. absolutely. But what you can control is how you come across. So, you know, how much energy do I want to go into the house yeah. with? How much focus do I want to have when I go into the house with? You can almost prepare things going wrong and go, okay, well, I can sort of predict what's going to happen. So how am I going to handle them? And just get yourself in that mode. And there's another guy that he worked with who said to his family, basically, look, when I pull up on the drive, don't let me in or anything. I want to take two minutes just to sit there, not on phone or anything, just close my eyes and just get back into the zone from traffic and everything so I can come in and, you know, prepare. Uh, yeah, just- I think I think uh, I totally agree, Sean. And, and, you know, speaking to a number of people in the industry, I think the, the change from where they probably were out and about in the car and to to obviously doing everything from, from a desk point of view, I think it has been a challenge for some people um, because – that drive home was a time to to reflect and, and actually get your, your sort of thoughts for the day sort of sort of in order. And I think I think some people do miss that. And and you know, there will be people that are struggling out there. And I think what's important is making sure that you know you do take those breaks, um, if it's walking the dog around the block or or whatever it, it may be, and then and then sort of making sure that you you know reflect because nobody wants to to, to be burnt out and, and say that's that 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 is a challenge and, and I know something that that's close to both you know your heart and, and mine really and making sure that you know we we don't we, you know we've got lots of plates spinning Let, let's try and not drop any I think is the is the metaphor isn't it definitely and you've worked with intermediaries nationwide for many years now um you know without naming them or putting you on the spot there must be many brokers that you admire I'm interested in the, the, the brokers that have delivered tremendous customer service and scaled their business without sacrificing quality of advice yeah what are the sort of typical traits that you see you know I, I'm particularly thinking of maybe brokers coming back into the market or inexperienced brokers like what what would be the things for them to to admire about you know brokers who have been in the industry scaled the business whilst delivering like a five-star service yeah, I think I think it's 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 twofold really. I mean, firstly, you know, the the brokers that that I see that are do well, and, and be honest, Sean, that's that's majority of them. Um, they they're in the role of service. That's why they they, they get up in the morning. Um, but they put the customer at the heart of the business. So they it, everything revolves around the customer outcome, and that and that's really important. So, you know, their their first sort of the thought really is making sure that the the customer is at the heart. 
Um, and there is going to be some new legislation coming out, I believe, from the FCA next year, um, the Consumer Duty Papers CP21, which will talk about having a fully protected mortgage. And that, that ultimately means, you know, in layman terms, you know, if you're you're organising a loan for somebody to buy the biggest asset they're going to have, you know, are they being informed about adequately um, resourcing and also protecting that property? And that that plays into our hands. It's something we've been talking about for for, for a long time. So I think that the the, the big thing really from from a broker point of view, the ones that are, do well, they they do put that customer at the heart of of what they do. It's interesting on the scalability side, though, because as we know, one of the sort of constraints on any business, and especially in a regulated world from a moisturizer, is um, is actually the paperwork and the the, the compliance trail, etc., which is all needed, um, you know, to, to protect, protect the consumer. And um, what we're probably seeing at the moment is a, a digitalization in, in in that process. And I think uh, having had a number of talks recently with with brokers. I think the the brokers that will will see succeed in the future will be the ones that um, are able to adapt and digitalize the the brokerage, but still be able to offer that that personal service. And it, and it is a it is a balance of getting that right. But I think the ones that do that will be be able to thrive. Um, and there's lots of technology out there to support support brokers. Um, it's it's finding the right solution for for that brokerage. Um, and 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 it's really important, really, from there. A scalability point of view that you know brokers start to think think about this because um if the, the the future is is going to be great i think in this market space um if if we can have the old traditional values but use the technology that that's about to to fast forward in, into the future and, and take clients on those uh, on those journeys and, and we're more than willing to support brokers on on those sort of conversations as we uh, as we move forward but you know overall the, the, the broker community is strong um they, they serve a really great purpose um you know and they can give that sort of comfort and advice and, and that that you know is is unparamounted one of the things i often say sean to to when i'm presented to the brokers is you know who is the most important person in your business and, and it is it is the broker that they they are there to serve a purpose and their clients are coming to them for their recommendation their advice um, and and you know i think don't don't undervalue that as a as a broker because you know they you you hold a real vital vital key um but no overall i think the broker community is very strong um, and i think the ones that are willing to adapt to change um, and continue to, uh, you know, offer a, a world-class service, customer service, are the ones that will will perspire. Um, as we record for the last few weeks, almost. I mean, there's always a lot of debate about this, but as we record, particularly over the last few months, November and December, there's been a lot of debate about rising mortgage rates and the impact on the housing market. Markets are betting that interest rates could go to 1.25% by the end of 2022, and lenders have been raising the mortgage rates over the past few weeks. Um, some are speculating minimal impact on the housing market compared to other issues such as supply of available houses, sellers' expectations regarding the value of the home being unrealistic as other factors which will cause, let's say, greater harm to the housing market, whereas others believe it may cause big issues throughout 2022 for those who are highly geared and you know, combined with the cost of living increases impacting on affordability. What are your thoughts, Brian, and 
what have you heard from intermediaries on these kind of subjects? Yeah, I mean, my personal thoughts on this, and and you know, my uh, my wife actually uh, worked in a state agency market for a very long time, and um, you know, the, uh, the the view is that that there will always be a demand to to move, whether um, you know it, it's because of uh, debt and people wanting to re, you know reconsider, whether it's because people get divorced, whether it's because. Uh, people looking for bigger moving you know, space. I, I think one of the things we're seeing now is people sort of moving out of the city into to sort of more more um, sort of countryside sort of type type environments. So I think there'll always be a demand to move. I think the biggest problem that the brokers are talking about at the moment isn't actually the interest rates. Um, I mean, I think some some brokers obviously remind me that probably prior to my time, the interest rates were were very much higher than than they are are now and um, we should be lucky to what we've got but I think it's the lack of stock which is causing um, causing the sort of the blockages in the in the property market and um, so demand is there but but actually the stock levels are and what that we're seeing is we're seeing an increase in the remortgage activity which is really important and um, point really because something that we're, we're passionate about hearing and talking about because uh, we are now in the midst of the biggest rate roll off in the last 10 years. We think that's going to continue into 2022. So lots of remortgage activity, product transfer activity. Um, and there tends to be um, a bit of a blind spot um, in the broker community when we're doing a remortgage and not having a, a protection conversation. Uh, and we're looking to turn that on its head, really, because um, I think times are changing from a remortgage point of view. Um, you know, we are seeing... Um, people improving the current dwelling rather than move up the property ladder, and um, that—that's a you know one thing we are we are starting to see. So things like garden offices, um, spare rooms, uh, extensions being put on, which actually take changes the risk to the habitat. So therefore, it opens up the conversation for home insurance 100%. Um, and you know one of the things that we're we're sort of suggesting is that you know those clients need reviewing, you know, regularly on the the risk and the needs, and you know. Things do change over over a client's period, so you know, making sure that, that that the client is being reviewed, making sure that we understand what the remortgage purpose is for, is it changing the risk? Then actually, you need to start having that protection conversation. It's something uh, myself and the team here at Payment Shield are are talking to brokers about actively, and we're starting to see that sort of pendulum and the penny drop and, and that sort of conversation move forward. But it's it's a real important uh, part of the puzzle, really. Um, but in, in you know interest rates um, as, as the question said you know we're not not seeing it so much of a scare about that from from broker community just yet and um, maybe we're not as close to it as the lenders are but I think the the biggest thing that, that seems to be coming through is is about the, the sort of stock levels yeah with the increase in people working from home just to follow on from what you were saying you know there may be issues with home insurance cover whilst most will be okay anyone who's converted that outside space or maybe created an office in the garage potential need to declare this along with other issues where people maybe have started seeing customers at home or delivering services such as a beautician as an example how big an issue is this and what options are available to people you know could there be an opportunity for mortgage brokers there with how people have change the use of certain areas of their property absolutely sure and i think there is an opportunity for brokers and you know one of the things that the the regulator is trying to to push now with different uh, initiatives and legislation that's coming out is that they are really keen for uh, brokers to um, 
do regular reviews with their clients, make sure that they're they're getting the adequate advice throughout their life journey. And, and that, that's a really important part. Now, if you look at it from a consumer duty, consumer care point of view, we need to be making regular contact with the clients to say, is everything fit for purpose? Have there been any changes? If there has, can we help you with that? And, and that goes across the, the the landscape. You know, pe- people's lives do change. You know, it's 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 the nature of uh, of, of, of being a, an adult, I suppose. And, and you know, both you and I can vouch for that. Uh, sort of adult used loosely, Sean, obviously. Definitely. Um, yeah. Um, but they um they you know I think you know it, it is an important part. If we talk out a commercial point of view, though, is the beauty with buildings and contents is it's an annual reviewable product. Um, so therefore you can actually continue to uh, review your client every year if need be, and, but it's a good contact strategy to keep in touch. So we are seeing, you know, from the, the feedback we've got from the market, we're seeing five-year fixes on the rise. Five years is quite a long time to maybe not have a, any interaction with a client. Building the contents as an annual reviewable product is a great way of making sure that that contact strategy is in place and you're reviewing the needs. And as we're seeing, you know, garden offices coming up, people moving to home, what a great opportunity to, to review the, the needs of the client. And you start off with buildings contents, but what else can come after that is, you know, is, is, is amazing really. And, and was, you know, you, you engaging the, the, the client, uh, all, uh, you know, every year, and it may be that they need other products and services that the broker has got. So it's a great commercial tool as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it really does help build that rapport as well. And that by reaching out to your clients to almost say, I don't know if you were aware, as an example, but, um, you know, if you've converted any outside space or created an office in the garage, you know, you might need to think about declaring that in the policy, that kind of thing. It's a really nice, you know, it's not, I was, I was reading, I did an interview with Joanne Cole recently for Broker IQ. And, you know, when we were doing the research for that show, it was interesting that there's still quite a, a big percentage of clients who think that, when other things get discussed by a mortgage broker, that it's because of the commission and because of the sale. And look, of course, there are revenue benefits from it, but ultimately they're doing it, one, because of their regulatory duties, and two, because they do care about that client and want to deliver a great service and look after that client. And I think approaching it in that that way, if you like, I think, especially from a communication point of view, I think that's a great way of genuinely building that rapport because you want that word of mouth. And like you say, on a five-year deal, you could have done the best service in the world, but if you're anything like me, I can't, I'd struggle to remember four or five years ago, the details of them particular people, you know, people to, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think, you know, the, the consumer duty bit is, you know, is, is paramount and, and it's a soft, softly, softly approach rather than a, a harsh, harsh approach. And I think that that makes it, and, and as we say, you know, we know that the regulator is pushing for, for regular reviews anyway, um, you know, so it's it, it sort of falls in line with a lot of the stuff that the the regulator is wanting to happen. But it also does have that commercial benefit. You're completely right. You know, the um, you know making sure that the client is serviced and that you know they're they're getting the right policy um, for for themselves. That you know there is a tangible benefit to, to the brokerage, uh, which we often talk about. Um, so it's it's great to see all those sorts of strands being pulled together. And um, for those that don't know. Um, Please, can you summarise Payment Shield and the services you offer for intermediaries? 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, um, the payment shield is, is is probably well known. It's been been around a, a long time. But for the ones that uh, maybe need a refresher or, or um, aren't um, aren't afraid of what we do, um, we we ultimately are um, you know a, a, an insurance software house. So we we offer a, a really slick, easy system uh, for brokers to be able to uh, write home insurance, buy to let insurance, and AS insurance at the moment. Um, so on the back of the mortgage and um, home, home insurance or buildings contents is a compulsory product, right? They, if there's a mortgage in play, the client has to have buildings insurance. So rather than letting them go off to um, direct aggregator sites, et cetera, um, it gives the broker an opportunity to, to uh, add that service and added value benefit to the customer, making sure that the customer is insured correctly because all, uh, all our policies are five-star de facto. But also then from a, you know, we'll turn it back onto a commercial point of view, it's tying the client in because it's a product that the client needs and the broker is able to service. And, and we, we've done a lot of work in making sure that we get both the, the premium and the speed of the quote right. So it's not taking brokers uh, an owner's amount of time to do it, but we're also able to get uh, a competitive premium on that. And um, we wrap that all around with support and education. So we've got a great team here at Payment Shield um, that... Um, are, are on hand to support uh, brokers in uh, anything that they need really to get them up and running. So any level of, of where they're at with it. So whether it's products and systems training, whether it's coming in and actually training up a, an administrator to give them a gateway into the financial services world, which often is, is building contents is great, great uh, grounding place on that. And um, whether it's actually looking at sales process, like how do we how do we actually fit this in, um, you know, into the sales process and what are the, the key buzzwords? we can develop a plan for, for a broker and a brokerage to make sure that they're getting the most out of the opportunity. And the ones that sort of buy into it and, and actually work with us on that, we, we do see some great successes. And as I say, it all goes to the bottom line. It ties the customer in, but ultimately your customer is getting a five-star de facto policy and, and getting their property, which is the biggest asset they're going to own. It's not a property, it's a home. It's insured correctly. Um, and you know we we're really proud of what we do uh, do here at Payment Shield. And I was reading Payment Shield's analysis that shows remortgaging product transfers account for approximately twenty percent of all mortgage transactions handled by intermediaries, which in turn creates an opportunity for over two hundred thousand approvals annually and a potential commission for advisors just under seventeen million pounds. The study said that indicative market research suggests that the actual quote commission earned by advisors each year was 937,500, resulting in a black hole in nearly 16 mil. That means advisors are only quoting on 5 to 6% of the total remortgage opportunity. So why do you think advisors are only quoting on 5 to 6% of the total remortgage opportunity? And how would a broker go about adding this into their remortgage services? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. As I say, we, we sort of touched on it a bit earlier, didn't we? But I think, um, you know, just a bit more of a deep dive on this. Um, there, there, there is, but there's around £16 million pounds as a broker community left on the table for not quoting on GI, just GI alone. So that, you know, we know that protection overall gets gets lost at the remortgage stage, front of transfer stage. I think historically, it's, it, you know, the, the sort of concerns would be time, you know, um, Brokers, uh, clients got it elsewhere. Um, you know, they're they're already sort of with somebody else. How can I cancel a policy? And is there a charge? And, and we do a full presentation on this, and we'd be happy to go through anyone who, who wants to know to sort of how to navigate around this. Um, the first thing we would say is, um, 
you need to be treating every customer the same. So whether they're a home mover, first time buyer or remortgage client, they all need a protection conversation because uh, things may have changed and we need to make sure that the, the property has been um, insured correctly. And the easiest way we found that the guys that do really well in the remortgage stage is they actually ask for a copy of the insurance document as part of the vetting process for the client. So they've got the current insurance document uh, in front of them. What that allows them to do then is via the system uh, that we have, and, and there are other you know, systems out there that have the same sort of capability, um, you can actually uh, do a sort of, sort of research piece against um, the policy that you're proposing and the policy they've got. Um, now, if they've taken out a cheap and cheerful policy in the, you know, previously, what we know is that a lot of those cheap and cheerful policies will have cover removed, typically things like trace and access, alternative accommodation, accidental damage. So the ones that you aren't afraid with trace and access, effectively, if there's a leak behind a wall or under the floorboards, uh, they will come in, knock the wall down, um, pull the floorboards up, find a leak, fix it. But without trace and access cover, the cost of putting the wall back up and the floorboards back down lies with the client. It can be really, really costly. Accidental damage and escape of water are the two biggest claim areas in the uh, UK, right? So they're the, they're the ones the probability of people claiming is a lot higher on those two aspects. So what cheap and cheerful insurers and insurance policies will do is they'll just remove those that bit of cover because it's mitigating the risk for them. They can charge a cheaper premium, but it's not mitigating the risk for, for the client. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, then there's often, I often post about these sort of stories that get picked up in the mainstream media where client thinks that they're covered for something and then they find out that that they're not at, 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 you know, too late down the line. Um, so I think... Firstly, having that sort of educational piece with the, 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 the client to say, well, look, you have got this in place, but did you know this, this, and this isn't covered? Uh, and that can be very sort of visual on the de facto piece. What it also then allows you to do, though, is, is actually compete on price. Um, so you, you can see what, what, you, what you're up against on price, so you, you know where you're at with that. Um, now, we know that sort of uh, the model in the aggregator site, the sites uh, you know, traditionally has been, you know, the headline rate, to get the client on board and then they they sort of put it up year on year and, and it's been quite quite dramatic how they put, put put it up um so therefore you know two years down the line or five years down the line you're probably being able to compete on a, an okay price point as well although that that is likely to change which we'll come on to uh, uh, in a moment's time and um, the next bit then is you know making sure that um you know the the client um, cancels the policy and this this tends to be the biggest sort of objection is the client's already got a, a policy in place it doesn't the the renewal date of the home insurance policy doesn't tie in with the mortgage end date and um, so you know how did it get out of it now typically an insurer will cost charge 30 pound payments you'll don't uh, but an insurer may charge 30 pound cancellation charge to say you know your one out is 30 pound and um, there's two two bits on this really is one is uh, do the simple maths. Have you saved the client more than £30 over the course of the year? So like you've, you've made that saving. Um, there is an option to be able to defer the payments on the uh, the payment shield system where you can give a, a sort of break so that the premiums wrapped up over nine months, not 12. But from my personal point of view, the Brian Colton point of view on this, um, I don't know any other product or service that if you deciphered and you've been educated by somebody to say the policy you're paying for or the service you're paying for or the product you're paying for is not fit for purpose. I don't know anybody that would continue to pay for, for that except from the insurance world. 
Um, and I think if you were to ring your incumbent insurer and say, you know, we don't think uh, this policy is now fit for purpose, um, I, I, you know, I, I myself, I would be challenging the the, the cancellation charge if I, if I knew it wasn't going to do what I wanted it to do. Um, so I think that's a really important part, um, you know, to, to look at. Um, but ultimately, you know, the, what it comes down to is making sure that you are having that conversation with the client, you're educating them with them, you're not going to win them all. Um, and if you don't win them, what you can then do is direct to give them a call back when the renewal date is off and you, you gain them back in that way. But it's a really important part because, uh, as we say, we know that moving into 2022 and actually this last quarter, uh, remorse activity is going to be at an all-time high. And so in terms of some of the challenges then, if, if brokers were thinking about going into this, I'm guessing the hurdles to overcome, if you like, both for the broker and for you and others to form a successful partnership in an area like this, if you, if you will, you know, that obviously there's time, time is so yeah. precious, people don't tend to have much of it anyway, then there's obviously building it into your sort of triage, for want of a better phrase, and your fact find, and then obviously having the knowledge to go with that. Do you see any other hurdles or, or objections, if you will, or problems to overcome? And how do you like get overcome? I know you touched on it then, but how do you overcome some of them challenges with people? If a broker was listening to this interested to work with you, yeah. like if it was me, I'd have them concerns. Me out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, we've got a great team that will come in and actually bespoke the training and what you need to to the brokerage and you know, whether that is sales process and building into the remortgage sales process, which isn't much different, really, if you think about it, to a home mover, to a, um, you know, a first time buyer. Um, it's, um, you know, we, we can certainly support the broker with sort of the sales process part. We can also um, help them with some of the, the objection handling, which, was, which we've just talked about. I think, you know, the time, time issue, it doesn't take a lot of time to do a quote. It, the truth is it doesn't and the more people you quote believe it or not the more policies you'll sell so, so you know that's a maths point of view um but i think you know ultimately the broker wants to do a good job and if you've if you've done the sort of research up front and said this policy isn't fit for purpose if you're wanting to do a good job, you need to get the 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 the, the client across to, to the right policy. And I think the the two biggest elements normally are, you know, I can't compete on price, but you may be able to at remortgage days because we, we know that the price may have gone up. You certainly be able to compete on the quality of policy, and it's bound by advice. Um, and then you've got to decide: is that worth your time? I, I would suggest it is. And then you you got everything the client needs, you know, with inside the, the sort of financial services package. And it's a protection for yourself because if buildings insurance is compulsory and you're letting the client go elsewhere, in a world of big data, what else is that client being offered? Because that can start tapping into other income streams and, and revenues. So there is a there is a sort of self-preservation point of view on this as well, Sean. Million percent. Um I completely agree with you on that. But I think it it it's uh future bank of work almost protection for you isn't it in that Absolutely. ultimately convenience is king isn't it um, and like you say the minute you start going elsewhere for your gi the minute you start going elsewhere maybe for any estate plan the minute you start going elsewhere for protections and stuff like this then someone there I mean, A, you, you, you don't know whether they're looking to refer to other people because everyone has their own referral network. So if they don't do it in-house, 
they're going to have other absolutely yeah. want to do referrals to in any event and also like you say convenience wins doesn't it you know I, I know a couple of people I work with in 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 various areas and that's the big selling point for them that, that then binds complete loyalty because of that convenience and also because there's so much going on there's so many good touch points with the client it's easier to keep in I'd say regular dialogue or do that review, isn't it? Because someone said to me, I want to just do a review on your mortgage. Okay. If I get, I need to do a review on your life, your critical illness, your income protection, your GI. Why don't we just go for a quick butty? Why don't we have lunch or yeah. in the office? Yeah, or absolutely. Stuff we've been talking about for a long time, the holistic approach, you know, you're a one-stop shop effectively for that client. And that's, that's what you need to do. I mean, one of the things that we often say to mortgage brokers is, don't just class yourself as mortgage brokers, you're mortgage and protection brokers. And that's and that's a real important, important key. A million percent. I was reading about the um the Go Academy being live. Um for those who may not know, can you explain what it is and, and how intermediaries can gain value from it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the sort of major pillars here at Payment Shield that, um, is around education. So um, making sure that, you know, we are giving the tools and the um, the ability for brokers to upskill themselves and, and both both for themselves. And actually, you know, we have a lot of stuff that they can then use to help educate the client. So it's an education piece. It comes from ourselves to the broker to the client. Um, the GI Academy really is is a uh, you know an online site that a broker can go on to. There's lots of information on there that they can either download and use with a client, or they can actually upskill themselves. Um, and actually, by going through the GI Academy, they can also build up the CPD hours, which, um, as you said, we're just before Christmas now, so there'll be lots of brokers trying to get those 15 hours in. I'm sure um, the that type of sort of um, you know site is 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 there to support brokers in getting those sort of uh, 50 hour CPD and, and actually being able to give them the nuggets and the wisdom to take away to, to impart. This isn't just a tick box exercise. This is giving something the brokers something tangible that they can take back into their brokerage and use. And we're, we're looking to do a lot of work around that moving into next year, including actually maybe some uh, educational pieces for clients, which brokers are going to direct the clients to as well. So watch this space. And also um, there are new rules coming out from the FCA um, on the GI pricing study, you touched on it before. How is that going to impact on brokers uh, and what kind of problems or opportunities does that present? I know you touched on it before. I just wonder if we can go a bit deeper into that. Yeah, uh, look, we, we think it's uh, the right outcome for the customer. Um, certainly, I think it's going to create an opportunity in the broker market um, because it sort of levels the playing field between the intermediary and the aggregator sites. That's our, our belief that's going to happen. Um, so not only are you going to be able to compete on, you know, quality and the advice, but actually the pricing points should, should become a lot more closer together. So we think there's a huge opportunity for the brokers in, in that market. Um, and I think, you know, the, the smart money moving forward into to next year, and I know the regulator is looking at this with other legislation that mentioned CP21, is that you know brokers start start to engage clients on on both the mortgage and protection side, and um, and if they do that, and as we mentioned before, they adapt to the changes that are coming through and use the technology that's available to support that. Uh, I think brokers are on for a great 2022. And what does 2022 hold for you and Payment Shield, Brian? 
Yeah, I think you know we we're we're really keen to see how um, how the market uh, reacts next year. Um, you know, we've had a, a great year this year. Um, I think what what my own opinion was that sort of when when the pandemic first hit, so we're going back two years ago really now, aren't we? But when the pandemic first hit, um, I think brokers were looking for other revenue streams as, as a matter of course. Um, and we've not actually seen that stop. We've seen brokers sort of continue the good habits and we've been supporting that in regards to, to you know, doing the ancillary uh, conversations and getting those products in. We want to make that make sure that continues into uh, 2022. Um, and from our point of view, we're, we're looking forward to a really successful year in, in next year, like we've had this year, in regards to working with our partners, making sure they see the the value in, in GI, not just for themselves, but actually also for the customer. Which, once again, I think will be under the spotlight a little bit more by the regulator in 2022. Um, but we're in a really strong position to prove that's what we do as a, a community. The, the broker community, if anything, is resilient. Um, and that's, you know, really testament to everybody in the industry. Um, we weather the storm no matter what comes and we continue to move forward together. And I think uh, protection has a, a, you know, a large part to play in that for both the broker and, 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 the, and the clients. Thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you for being such a fantastic guest. And oh, thank thanks you. for having me, Oh, it's been a pleasure and and thank you for listening or, or watching if you want any further information on payment shield please check out the links below um we're going to be putting out the, the links to payment shield and also uh, brian's linkedin link so i'd recommend uh, giving him a follow on linkedin if you don't already please share and spread the word about the mlc show for property professionals and if you're listening on apple podcasts i'll be cheeky again and ask for that five star review uh, remember to check out the products and services at mortgagebrokerclub.co.uk and more importantly Please stay well and take care.